today, this is what God has laid in my heart to share alone. And I, I wished I could speak Kasutu, you know, and, and, and preach Kasutu, but I, w- I, would, I would do that English as, yeah, as I've, I've prepared for that. And we, we do have our own Sesotho Bibles that we read, but uh, some other time. But I'm going to, to be more on English because I have an English Bible. So we're going to read a lot of English uh, uh, words. Now, what is it that God has put in my heart? God says, Jesus Christ is enough. Jesus Christ is sufficient. He is enough. What does that mean? Uh, I would like to, to have the pictures on the, on the screen, please. Uh, before I go into the Word, please, I just want to give you an overview of what the words of Jesus Christ mean. And he speaks about, he, he gives an analogy about agriculture. And he speaks about the vine. He speaks about the vine and the branches and the pruning. And, and I, I just want us to understand what Jesus Christ was talking about. I don't know if, can I have these two lights off? So, yeah, much better. Now, the, these are two trees. They are not vines. Vines are different kind of plants. They are plants that give us grapes. So Jesus Christ was referring, I couldn't get a better picture of a vine, but this is a tree. This is a fruit tree. These two, sorry, these two are fruit trees. And then we see on our, right, uh, on our left side, what do you see? We see apples, beautiful, fruit. That's fruit, beautiful. And we see so many branches that are carrying the fruit. We don't see a lot of branches or even maybe one branch that doesn't bear fruit. So on the right side, we see another fruit tree, an apple tree. But we, we even battle to see the fruit. There's fruit, but we see a lot of branches that are entangled that do not bear fruit. But now, Jesus spoke even further, and he he talks about pruning, that the branches that do not bear fruit, he takes away. But how are these branches taken away? They are pruned, they are cut from the tree. And why are these branches cut from the tree? So that the tree can be shortened. It shouldn't be so for, for ease of harvesting, so that when the fruit is harvested, it's easier to reach the top. But also to open up the top part for the sun to shine through. So the shortness of the tree, I can relay, uh, equate it to humility. Because when we prune, we bring it a little bit lower. And when we trim all these other branches, we open up for the sunlight to shine through. 
But if we see this tree on the right, there's so many branches that it is so, so difficult even for the sun to go through. The tree is very high. The branches are entangled. Here you can see the branches are free. They are free. They can be seen with their fruit. They are not hidden. Here there are many branches that are hidden. So this is an unpruned tree with so many branches that do not bear fruit. But this is a pruned tree. And this is a picture of what Jesus Christ is talking about in his word. Can I have the lights back? Thank you. So do we get the picture? So now it will make sense when we get into the word. Because Jesus Christ speaks about this. Now, we're going to read uh, from the book of John, chapter 15. However, I'm also going to refer back to chapter 14 and 13. We're not going to read all those chapters, but we're going to read, we focus a lot on chapter 15 of the book of John. And, and also to give you background, here Jesus Christ was talking to his disciples. And it, it started uh, in chapter 13, that is before the Passover, when Jesus Christ and his disciples got together for a meal. So, uh, so what is called the Lord's Supper, for a meal. And during that time, he, he, he gave them as an example of how to serve one another. He washed their feet. And he commanded them to do the same, as he has done for them. And that, that for, uh, for me, is the highlight of that, uh, of that chapter. And then it, it went on. In that very chapter, Jesus spoke about Judas Iscariot. And he revealed to the group that there is one that's going to betray him. And at that particular time, when Jesus told Judas to do his thing, Judas left. He left. He was out of the group, and he left for good. And Jesus was left with 11 disciples, not 12. So he was speaking to 11 disciples. Well, we'll, we'll touch on that as we go along in John chapter 15. Now, I will, I will read the whole chapter. Please bear with me. It's important that we read the word of God. This is what God has commanded me to do, to bring his word. And I've prayed to the Holy Spirit to speak. Let It is the Holy Spirit that speaks. It is not me that speaks. This is the word of God. Now, chapter 15 from verse 1, it says... I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. The other one says he's the vine dresser. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I always remain in you. 
no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. And such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory. That you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. And you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Amen. Amen. When we look at verse 1, Jesus Christ speaks about him being the true vine. He doesn't say, I am the vine. He says, I am the true vine. So that means there are other vines that are not true. They look true, but they are not true. Because he would not have emphasized the word true. I'm, I'm the true vine. And my father is the gardener. Now, the father is God who looks after this vine. It is him who prunes the branches that don't bear fruit. But Jesus Christ is the one that supports or carries the branches that bear fruit. Remember, oh, the, 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 the pictures are gone. Look at the tree. It's got roots. But we don't see the roots. We don't see the roots. But they are there, anchoring, anchoring the plant. Anchoring the plant. That plant is standing. It is standing on the roots. And Jesus is like, it's like the root that we are hidden in him. Because the roots cannot be seen. And these roots are sustenance. These are things that provide the tree with minerals, 
nutrients, water, everything that needs the tree to, to live. And also gives life to the branches. And yet, Jesus Christ says, you are the branches. He was speaking to his disciples, but he is speaking to us even today. That we are the branches. And what sustains the branches is the vine. Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. No branch, no branch on its own can bear fruit. If one of the branches that has fruit has to fall down miraculously, let's say no one cuts it, just falls down, what will happen to it? It will die, it will wither. It cannot sustain itself. So are we. We cannot sustain ourselves. Only Christ is enough for us. Only Christ is sufficient for us. Now we, spoke, we, we, we see the fruit. And Jesus Christ says, we'll go to verse, uh, verse 2. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. That's God who cuts every branch that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So which branches does he cut? The ones that bear fruit. The ones that bear fruit. And Mazolan, this is us. We are expected to bear fruit. And when we bear fruit, our Father continues to cut some areas of our lives that hinders us that hinders us from being attached to him. He cuts so that we become more fruitful. I can imagine if I was a branch that bear fruit and I had to be cut, I would, I would, I would complain. I would be, but I bear fruit. Why am I cut? But remember, it's the Father who knows. It is the Father who through whose wisdom and knowledge we cannot even begin to understand. His ways are higher than our ways. He knows what is good for us. So he prunes us so that we become even more fruitful. So it, it doesn't stop when we, have, we think we have enough fruit. It is the Father who decides that you need to have more fruit so that my kingdom can grow so that my name can be glorified. Now, verse 3 says, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Now he's speaking to them, the branches. He says, now you are clean. Why does Jesus Christ say, now you are clean? And I want you to go to, I will, don't, don't go there, I will go and I will read for you. That in chapter 13, in chapter 13, when Judas was still there, and he spoke about, and, and he did the washing of the feet, and he spoke about the one who's going to betray him, and Judas left. After Judas has left, the Lord says, said, now you are clean. Now you are clean. And he repeats it now in chapter 15. To the same disciples, the 11 disciples, now you are clean. So, let's look at the tree. Can, can we have the tree? The tree on the right, it's got so many branches that 
gets cut off. That, those branches that don't bear fruit, they get cut off. So in this case, Judas did not bear fruit. Why are these other ones clean? It's because they agreed with the word of God. He says in 15, what made them clean? Because of the word that Jesus has spoken to them. It is the word of God that cleansed them. They believed and they agreed with the word of God. Jesus did not agree with the word of God. He did not believe in the word of God. In, hence, he became unfruitful. He wasn't bearing fruit. Those who bear fruit are the ones that agree with the word of truth. That is Jesus Christ. Amen. Now he goes on in verse 4. Remain in me as I also remain in you. Now, we see previous, in chapter 13, there were 12 of them. Judas was still there. And they were grafted into him. Judas was with Christ. And it appeared he was grafted into him, like the other 11. And then he was pruned, he was cut off. And the 11s remained in Christ as he grafted. Now he says, remain in me. Continue to remain in me. Continue to believe that I'm the one who gives you life. Continue to believe in the word that I've spoken to you. The word that made you clean. Continue. And how do we continue to remain clean by the word of God when we abide in Christ Yeshua? How, what is it that... What, what does it mean to abide in Jesus Christ? Because he says, remain in me. The other uh, version says abide. This one says, remain in me. Could it believe in me? Believe, agree with my word. Agree with my word. And we struggle, Bazalwan. Let us be honest. We struggle to agree with the word of God. And many times we agree with the flesh. We agree with our minds. And we forget the word of God that cleanses us. That cleans us. The word of God that anchors us into Jesus Christ. We forget about it. Now Jesus Christ makes an appeal. He says, abide in me. Remain in me. I'm your sustenance. Without me, you can do nothing. A branch on its own cannot bear fruit. So without us abiding in Christ, we cannot bear fruit. We cannot bear fruit. And if we do not bear fruit, the Lord says he prunes. He, I mean, sorry, he cuts. He cuts off and takes away. And, and, and this, this is a strong message, Bazalwan, that we need to understand who is Jesus Christ? Who, who is this that we say he is our Lord? And we do right to confess that he is our Lord. Are we abiding in him? Are we confessing it with our mouth? But our hearts are far from him, are not connected with him, are not abiding in him. When we, when we look at the branches, they are joined to the trunk, to the tree. There's no little space there. They are completely joined, completely. Because if 
there is a little bit of a, a gap or a cut in that, the chances of disease coming in are plenty. And the branch becomes sick. And ultimately, it gets cut off. So what does this mean, Bazalwan? Is that we do not attach ourselves partially. Because if we do that, disease will come in. Many things will come in. And they will render us, they will render us as the branches ineffective. A sick branch cannot bear fruit. Even if it bear fruit, but the fruit will rot. The fruit will rot. So we cannot, we cannot attach ourselves partially to the vine, Christ Yeshua. We have to do it completely. Completely. And then let's, let's continue with Zolana because there are many interesting things that, that the Lord is speaking to us about. And he says, I'm the vine in verse 5. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Isn't it true, Bazalan? Why do we come to church? Why are we here? Why do we come to church on, Mon- uh, on Sundays and Thursdays? Because of the name of Jesus Christ. If it's not the name of Jesus Christ, then we have come at the wrong place. We are at the wrong place. If we are not abiding to the vine, if we are not completely bound to the, to the vine that is Christ, then we might, we might not bear fruit. We might not bear fruit that is satisfactory to God. Remember, when we look at this uh, tree on the left, it's beautiful. Look at the fruit. It's appetizing. And who gets the glory? Who gets the glory? The gardener. When I prune the tree so that it bears much more fruit and becomes beautiful, I take the glory. This is beautiful. This is what I wanted. This is what God says. He looks at us as the branches. And those who bear fruit and much fruit, he says, beautiful, wonderful. This is what I want. This is my vine. And, 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 and God is good because he's the one who looks after us. He's the one who maintains us. He's the one who protects us because the gardener does that. He protects the vine from, from diseases. He protects the vine from insects that might bring diseases. He ensures that the vine has water, has nutrients. So that's why Jesus Christ, the Ari, without me, you can do nothing. You cannot bear fruit on your own. You cannot bear fruit when you want to reason on your own. Bazalwan, we are, our greatest enemy is our mind. And that is one thing that detaches us from the vine. That is the thing that makes us not to be abiding in that vine. Our mind. Let's continue, Basalon. If you do not remain in me, 
You are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Uh, this, is a, this is a most popular verse. Ask whatever you want and it shall be given to you. And it doesn't happen always, all the time. Doesn't happen like that. And how do we feel? We feel despondent. We begin to, to mistrust. We lose our faith. We look at God. We, so, some of us, we even accuse God and blame him for our calamities. But remember, God is the gardener. We are the branches. He takes care of us. So when he says, ask whatever you want, it shall be given to you. He means that. And he doesn't specify time frames here. He doesn't say, if you ask anything now, I will give it to you now. We can, we can ask for things today. We might not see them in 20 years. We can ask for things today. We'll see them tomorrow. And that's how God works. And it is these things that, that takes 20 years for us to receive. That makes us, that, or that qualifies us to be cut off. That qualifies us not to bear much fruit. So abiding in the Lord is that we remain one with him. Whether it rains, whether it snows, whether the sun is hot, the branch still remains. Still remains. Even when the rains delay to come, the branch will still remain. And the branch will believe that water will come. And through, through the, uh, the, 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 the vine, through the vine. And, 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 and when we look at the, at, the, at the stem, the tree, the water goes up through the stem from the roots to the branches to keep them alive. And that's what is called sap. It's like a liquid. And to us, it's the Holy Spirit. When we abide in the vine that is Yeshua, our Christ, the Holy Spirit is an active participant. The Holy Spirit continues to do the work so that we bear fruit. And it says, the Word of God says, the fruit comes from the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5. It speaks about the fruit of the Spirit. And it talks about love. It talks about, and Jesus Christ is addressing the fruits of the Spirit. When he says we must be fruitful, he speaks about that. The fruits of the Spirit. Let's continue. Let's continue. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Now, I've spoken about the, the fruit of the Spirit. That how do we know that we abide 
in his love. How do we know that we abide in his love? What is the sign or what is it that gives us guarantee that we are abiding in his love? It's the fruit. When we love God and we love our neighbors and we love one another. And this commandment he gave, he said in verse 12, love each other as I have loved you. He's repeating it because he gave it to them in chapter 13. And whenever the word of God is repeated, take note. Pause and take note. God is emphasizing something that is very important. And he keeps on repeating things to his disciples. He keeps on repeating things to us. If you love me, obey my commandments. If you abide in me, you'll, you'll keep my commandments. Love one another. And this is the new, he said, this is the new commandment I give you. Remember, it's a new co- commandment minus Judas. Judas. Judas has been cut off. So it doesn't apply to those who do not bear fruit. It applies to the 11. He says, love one another. Why does Jesus say that? Love one another. Remember, he said, one of the Pharisees asked him, he said, what is the greatest commandment? And then Jesus said, the, the greatest commandment is that love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Uh, that's the greatest commandment. And the second greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. But here Jesus Christ says, love one another. He doesn't say love your neighbor as yourself. So there's a difference. He must be meaning something different. Now, our neighbor, who is our neighbor? Anybody that God brings closer to us is our neighbor. Whether a foreigner, whether our family member, whether somebody else, he brings him closer. That is a neighbor. Now he says, these are 11 disciples that are left with Jesus. He says, love one, a new commandment I give you. He says, love one another as, as the leaders that I have chosen to carry my message, my gospel to the world. You cannot go and love your neighbor when you, you yourselves are not loving one another. So he's, he's speaking to us as leaders in the church. He said, we must love. That's where it begins. Love one another. Before we love our neighbor, we must love one another. And then he, he continues. He says, love one another. And by that, all the nations will know that you are what? My disciples. You are my disciples. When we believe in Christ and we give our, our lives to him, we become his disciples. Now we live for him. We imitate him. We want to live like we are now abiding in the, in the vine that is Christ. We are one with him. He says so. We are one with him. So there is no way that if I'm one with him, I cannot do the things that he said. I must agree with his word. I must agree with his word. And his word is love one another. It's a new command. He says, a new commandment I give you. Love one another. 
inside here. It's a, it, it was an in thing, in, uh, inside, inside private meeting with his disciples. Just like with us, we are a family, one family inside. He's saying, love one another. Before you can love your neighbor, love one another first. And if you do that, then you abide in my love. It doesn't matter whether my brother and my sister, how do I feel about it? Jesus has said it so many times. Love them just as he has loved us when we were unlovable. When we were sinners, we did not deserve to be saved. We did not deserve to receive redemption and salvation by his grace. And yet he saved us. He went to the cross. He died on that cross. And he said, I was doing my father's command. I did what my father commanded me to do. To go to the cross. And, to die. and he did. He went to the cross. And he died. So is it too difficult for us to love one another? And die for a friend? It's difficult because of the mind. The mind says it's too difficult. I cannot imagine myself dying for him, for him. I know. And this is, is, this is the challenge that the Lord is saying. If you do that, I know that you abide in my love. Because if I can do that for you, and you abide in me, you are one with me, you can do that. Because on your own, you cannot. And I said it, that what separates us from, from God, what separates us from the vine that is Yeshua, is our mind our thinking, our reasoning, and we reason. And we reason. And, 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 and Yeshua said, we shall love one another. And then he goes on and says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. He says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. To lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. So who is he speaking about? Greater love is no one than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. And then he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. So he says, we are his friends. Because he died for us. He died, he went to die. That's greater love, he says. That is greater love. And if we abide in him, we will, we will show the same kind of love to one another. We will show the same kind of love. Remember the picture on the right? Full of branches that are unproductive, that don't bear fruit. Look at that tree. It's dark. It's dark. There's no light. And Yeshua is the light. And this one that is pruned has light. And the Father has sent Yeshua on earth to die for us. And he is the light. So these other branches, they get in each other's ways. They get in each other's ways. And they are unproductive. And these are very unproductive branches. That's why the father has to cut them. That's why the father, so that there is life. And the productive ones can, can be free and enjoy a relationship with, with, with the Lord. But, but it's difficult to enjoy the relationship when others are crouching in you and, 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 and making it very hard for you to produce fruit. But you can only produce fruit if you remain in the vine. 
It doesn't matter about the other branches because the Father will take care of them. The, the gardener will take care of them. He will take care of them. So now, uh, you know, I spoke about the true vine. That is Yeshua. And the true, when he says I'm the true vine, it means there is another vine. That is not true. It's a false vine. And there are so many false vines in our lives. Money is the number one vine, I know, that we abide in. We are so attached to it. And that's a vine to many of us. And many times when I wake up, many times in the morning when I wake up, I ask myself, why do we live, Lord? What's the purpose of us living? Do we live for money? Every day you hear people talk, it's money. It's business money. It's, and when you don't talk business money, it's like you, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, surely. They look at you suspiciously. But it's not, it's not, it's not, yeah, you, it's not productive. And, and, and these vines, indeed, makes people think that we are productive when you have money. They, they think we are productive, we bear fruit when we have material possession, which is another vine. And yet, it's not like that with God. The, the Yeshua, our Messiah, has, he said he has died for, for all of us so that we can have these things. He says, ask anything and I will give it to you. My Father will give it to you. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it for you. And we have the vines of, of spouses. Sometimes we are so attached to our spouses that we are even scared of them. We are not attached to the real vine, that is Yeshua, who is as there to free us from our spouses. Because when we are attached to him, he is able to turn the heart of our spouses. He is able to do that. But we, are, we, we, we make them our vine. We make our children our vines. We are so scared even of, of, of disciplining our children. We are, we are scared of our children, some of us. They become our vines. Our vine, education, we have made it our vine. We are so attached. If you don't have a degree, then maybe you can look somewhere else to hang around. It's, and that's a, that's a vine. That's a, that's a false vine. But these, all these kind of vines... Are false. They are artificial. <laughs> they are artificial. Now, Bazalwana, it's for us to abide in the true vine. Amen. And we must show fruit. For he says, we shall know them by their fruit. I want to close with this. There's a lot that we could have covered. Probably we'll do that on Sunday. Again. And we'll add that to our testimony, which I believe that the Lord has led us here to share our life's testimony. I want to close with the book of John, First John. First John, John Wapili. 
chapter chapter 2 John Wapilia, first John chapter 2 or is it chapter 3 sorry let me just check chapter 4 sorry first John chapter 4 from verse 7 to 20 John first John chapter 4 not the other John or the first John chapter 4 chapter 4 uh, from verse 7 to verse 20. Uh, I think, <clears throat> yeah, and I will read it. And let, let us listen, because it talks about the fruit that Jesus Christ was talking about. And love is one of the fruit of the Spirit. And, and it says, the Word of God says, there's hope, there's faith, there's love. But the greatest of them all is love. And, and, and Jesus Christ demonstrated that love by dying on the cross. He suffered, he persevered, all the fruit of the Spirit. He did. Now it says, dear friends, and this is the word of God speaking to us through the Holy Spirit. And let it minister unto our hearts. Let it minister unto our world. It's not just a scripture that we read and we go home. Let us reflect in our hearts. It says, dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves <clears throat> has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love. This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. These are the words of Jesus Christ. And John is repeating again, again. So there's repetition. Let's take note. Since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. We are one. And this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. Okay? Now this is how we know we abide in the vine. This is how we know. He has given us of his Holy Spirit. Remember the sap that comes from the roots up the stem to the, to the branches. That's the Holy Spirit for us. That way helps us to bear fruit. And we have seen and testified the Father has sent his Son to be Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. And God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how 
love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. You see, in this world, we are like Jesus. We, are, we should abide in the vine. And when we abide in the vine, we become one. You can see those trees. They are one. They are complete one thing. So, and then it continues, sorry, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. And then whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. It's clear, Pastor It cannot be clearer than that. We cannot, we cannot say we abide in the vine when we cannot obey the command of God to love one another. That is the fruit. That is the fruit. Now you say, for whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God. Whom they have not seen. So, Bazalan, this, this is a challenge to reflect on are we true or are we liars that we, love, we say we love God. Because that's what it says. And now we have to reflect who is my sister and my brother that I hate and make up with him and make up with him so that we can be fruitful, we can bear fruit. And God is gracious to graft us back into the vine. He's gracious. He can do that because he's the resurrection. I can you see the branch when it fell down it withers, it dies. Only Christ can resurrect it and graft it back into the vine. So we have to do that. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Amen. He has repeated that maybe ten times. So God is speaking to us. God is speaking to us. Let us abide in the true vine. Let us do away with our false vines. Let us reflect. Do we love God? Or do we love money? Do we love God or do we fear our children? Do we love God or do we fear our husbands, our wives? For there is no fear. He says, love has no fear. Let us love one another. And when we love one another, the fruit will show. And we will be like that tree on the left. We will be like that tree and God will say to the glory of my name, this is wonderful, this is beautiful. And this is the body of Christ, he says. And if this is the body of Christ, there must be branches. And here there's lots of branches. But each branch, let it bear fruit. And the gardener will take care of it. The gardener will take care of it. And it will bear fruit. And he will prune us. He will prune us. And this is the part we need to understand that it is necessary. It is necessary. But 
it will make us bear much more fruit. Amen. Muruti, we can do the altar call. And yeah, Mutsidisi can join us, won't she? Bazalwana, we thank the word of God. Can we can we just pray and thank him for his word? Father, we we bless your name. We glorify your name. You said, Oh Lord, when we abide in you, whatever we asked of you, you will give it to us. To the glory of the Father. Help us to understand that for us to bear fruit, Lord, is not to gratify the desires of the flesh, but is to give glory to you, the gardener, the vine dresser. Help us, Lord, to reflect truthfully on our relationship with you. Are we abiding in you? Or are we abiding in other vines that are not true? For you alone are the true vine. There is no other true vine. And we thank you, Lord, for your grace. For you have demonstrated to us how to love one another. For that you laid your life for us, whom you call friends, because you make known things to us. Lord, I thank you for every person who is here, for every branch that is in here, that, Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, it shall bear fruit, and you shall take care of it, of every branch. You shall prune us, Lord, so that we bear much more fruit. And, Lord, we thank you for this place that we are standing on. Even we look at the work that is unfinished. Lord, we know when we abide in you, we can do all things with you who strengthens us. For you say without you, we can do nothing. Help us, Lord, to abide in you. We say this in the almighty name, the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. Amen.